You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. to another fun-filled episode of the World Football Programme. Many thanks to Frank and Jerry for another excellent uh, edition of Celtic Ramblings. They'll be back again next week at the same time, and we look forward to hearing them then. My name is Hugh Best. I will be your host for the next two hours, where we will be going all over the world of football. Uh, As a famous person on a different uh, type of sport said... Seven days is a big week in football. We've got plenty of things to talk about. Uh, The World Football Programme is on air every Saturday from January to the end of November, and the World Football Team. Uh, This year is Wayman's football expert Penny Tannerhoth, Ashfield Sport Club Sean Kelly, A-LeagueStats.com administrator Pete Skeeler, and myself, Australian Subudio player Hugh Best. Join us each week at this time frame between 10am and 12 noon WA time to bring you a morning of football. Uh, we can you can uh, subscribe to us to our podcast and never miss a second via the worldfootballprogram.com.au and you can enjoy the news and banter by going to Spotify as well. We are, as I say to most people who want to listen <laughs> and they don't believe it, I am a Spotify artist. They go, yeah, turn it up, turn it up. Um, contact Radio Fremantle office hours uh, by going to office at radiofremantle.com and you can join our radio community, become a uh, member and if you like us, We've got a Facebook page as well, so you can always interact with the team there. We're on air each and every week, as I say, from January to the end of November. Thanks to our partners, Futsal WA, Perth's premier futsal competition, Oswest Fence and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing, gates and automation, and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all your related hardware and automation automation packages for your DIY project. Guess we have on today, we have the wonder that is 
Football West, Tom Dolman. Mr. Dolman will be talking to us about the local scene. He has been very, very busy this uh, past week and a bit, uh, and we will find out exactly why and where he has been. Being the World Football Program, I am going to dig into one of my favourites. He was on the show uh, just last year, and he was a treasure. He was very well received by you lovely listeners. It is Zach Walker, ex-DC United administrator, uh, backroom staff. He is currently located in Denver, Colorado, and we'll be talking to him about the US women's national team who have just recently announced their provisional 28-person, oh, excuse me, 28-person um team for the upcoming 2023 Women's World Cup. So we'll have a chat about that, as well as a few things that have been going on there. There's a, a bit of uh, turmoil with the Mexican team uh, on and off the field. Uh, they have just recently sacked their coach for no good reason other than the fact that they lost to America in a final. It's like, gee whiz, you know, can you imagine... Uh, Graham Arnold getting the boot because he got beat by, say, South Korea in a final. You know, you make the Asian League, the Asian Cup final, get beat by South Korea, and sorry, mate, not good enough out the door. That's Mexico in a nutshell, but we'll be talking to Zach about that. In the second hour, we will have one of my favourites, and you know, being that, as I say, I am an Australian video player. I have played for Australia at uh, World Cup in 2018, and I will be... Representing Australia coming up next month in Tokyo at the Asian Cup of Table Football and we'll be talking to the Chief Organiser and former President of the Asian Confederation, Mr Kenzo Koi, all the way from Tokyo. He will also, don't turn off, he will also be telling us about the women's, um, the Japanese women's team who also recently announced their squad as well as uh, the action that's happening in the J-League today. So a lot of um, listeners out there often compare the A-League with the J-League. Uh, Andreas Iniesta is still playing in the J-League. When was the last time we had a player of that ability? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, but he will talk to us about that. And there was a few hoo-hahs uh, in the setting up of this particular show. So we have, we, when I say we, it's the royal we. I have gone to the Lost Lioness, uh, Haley. Roach. Uh, Haley is uh, always keen to talk all things football wherever and whenever we have a chat to her. And uh, like I said, I had a, a bit of a, um, I won't say an emergency, but it was an emergency. <laughs> and just before we came to air, I got in contact with the Lost Lioness, Haley Roach, and went, Haley, mate. And she went, no drama. So she will be having a chat to us in the last half hour about the recent EuroLeague action, England going past North Macedonia 7-0, and people are going, yeah, well, that's pretty easy, though, isn't it? It's only North Macedonia. Um, as I say to, and did say to those people, you need to remember that North Macedonia knocked out Italy to qualify for the last World Cup. You just, you know, digest that. North Macedonia are not the easy beats that people think they are. Uh, you can have a chat to the to the Irish and their uh, battle they had with one of my favourite European sides, Gibraltar. They struggled to get past Gibraltar and North Macedonia uh, are no mugs, as uh, someone once said. As I say, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I will get uh, Mr Tom Dolman on the line very, very shortly and he will discuss the local scene in length 
uh, and the longer I can get him to talk, the happier I will be. <laughs> it has just gone 10 past 10 here in Fremantle. You are listening to Huey on the World Football Program here on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Stick with us, plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh, like you. <laughs> How many times have I played that sweeper? Radio Fremantle, I love that. And joining us on the line now, sorry then, joining us on the line is Mr. Tom Dolman. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very, very well and always better to hear your lovely voice. Tom, you've been quite a busy uh, chappy. Where have you been up to? Ah, oh, I mean, um, so well, I've only just got back from holidays. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So I've had, so I had a little break for a couple of weeks um, and away in Europe, just back to see some family more than anything in England and I had a wedding in Cyprus. So that so was I, a nice little break. Come wow. back to the cold weather and then um, commentated some Australian Cup semi-finals during the week. So um, they, they were good fun, actually. Um, the conditions were Baltic, but the, uh, but the football had its um, <laughs> different intrigue, uh, nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? Baltic. <laughs> well, certainly from Cyprus to here would have been, uh, yeah, a bit of a culture shock, mate. hundred <laughs> percent it was, yeah, especially when I, uh, when I turned up to Inglewood on Tuesday night and it was teeming down with <laughs> sideways rain and um, it was bitterly cold and, and wind was flying around in all the directions. But um, <laughs> no, I, suppose, I suppose what we, what we did see in, in that game was the Leeds, um, the MPLWA's modern team, go through to the Australia Cup round of 32. So, um, yeah, it was certainly one of those nights where it was about will and it was about um, the one percenters, I think it's fair to say. I don't think it was the conditions to be playing fancy um, on the deck, passing um, a, a sort of football in that sense, but it was a night where, like, you had to win every 50-50, you had to sort of win your, win your aerial duels, 
And then when those opportunities do come in the conditions, you've got to take them, and that's what he yeah. got three, three times to get that 3 0 win over Sorrento. Yeah, I mean, you say that, that they are uh, bottom of the table, but um, the, the league, uh, I mean, uh, there's a, you know, it's condensed, but <laughs> there's no other way to put it. I mean, there, there is, uh, I mean, Inglewood just starting to lose a bit of touch, but I mean, they're still only, uh, what's that, four points from, from six. So, you know, four points from mid-table is, is not bad. Um, yeah, or, so, or nine points off top of the league. Well, yeah. I was going to say that, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yes, three, three games from top, but it sounds a little bit better when you're only you're like a game and a bit from, from mid-table safety. Uh, being a West Brom fan, I always take the uh, the half-glass empty rather than half-full. <laughs> no, 100%, 100% and, that just, um, and that just sort of goes to show the, the equality of the league this mm. year. Um, I think above Inglewood, on, if Inglewood are bottom of the league at the moment, they're on 14 points. That's right. Above them are... Um, a 14 from 16 points. So it's, um, it's, it's quite stunning, really. And interestingly enough, all um, all four Australia Cup semi-finalists from during the week were, were in that bracket in the bottom half. That's so, right, yeah. Um, that, that just goes to show the, the, the tightness of the league this year. And um, I suppose in terms of the Cup as well, we've seen it in the past couple of years. We've seen Armidale and, um, and Coburn last year who were representing WR on the national stage. Armidale, I think, finished sixth and Coburn was sort of down in 10th. So it just goes to show that the Cup competition can be a different piece. That, that of the, uh, the weekly grind. Now, it'd be remiss of me, again, putting on my West Brom hat, um, do you think some of those um, higher-ranked teams have um, concentrated on the league more than the Cup? I mean, I, I would find that, that to be a little bit uh, counterproductive, being that the Australia Cup is um, you know, basically, well, it, it is the only Cup in, in this country and is quite lucrative the further you progress, particularly when you get into the, uh, the rounds of 32. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean... If you look at the teams at the top of the league, um, Coburn went. Uh, sorry, Red Star beat. Uh, sorry, Red Star went down to Coburn by yep. a goal to North down that Park, and and Coburn obviously made it around thirty two last year. They're the, they're the cup holders, and they've proven over the years that they are a team that are essentially built for the cup, and they do lock those one off games. So, from a Red Star perspective, as the leaders, I'm, I'm not. I think it's just one of those games where you come up against teams who are banged up yeah. right, and, and, and you lose by the odd goal. Similar to about Cataracts, they only lost by the odd goal to Florida, and. Um, and, and, and as well, and they're, they're second in the league. So I think it's just one of those things sometimes, Hugh, where um, mm. obviously as, as we get to these winter months of the season, yeah. when we start having to play in midweek and, yeah. and, and, and the recovery time is maybe not quite there, uh, and sometimes if you come up against a team who's banged up for it on any given night, you yeah. can just fall by the odd goal. It's not as if these teams have been blown out of the park or anything like that. So I don't know if it's necessarily about priorities. I think it's just part of the rigmarole for the season. Yeah, yeah, and exactly what you're saying. I mean, last week's result, Balcata four, Inglewood two. So, you know, with uh, you know a four day turnaround, and then go into into that uh, into that cup fixture and and put on a performance that they did. It um, yeah, it says a lot about the fitness, but but also as you said, Tom, it says a lot about the um, the, the competitiveness of the whole league, top to bottom. Hundred percent. And I mean, as as, as, a, as somebody who commentates on the league weekly, it's um. It's really exciting to go to a game and not know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think we all... Um, so the, the, game I'm, the game I'm up at today is Red Star versus Sorrento on, um, on streamer.com.au. So the, the, the old northern suburbs are... Yeah, yeah. Um, last time these two teams met, um, Sorrento got a red card inside the first 60 seconds. That's right, they did. And Star ended up winning that game 7-1 with, with Daryl Nichol, who else, scoring a hat-trick. So, um, look, I'm sure they'll be wanting a little bit of revenge for that one. And, and it's also a rematch of last season's preliminary final, which um, Red Star won by three goals. So, and that was 
for me, that was one of the best games I called all of last season. It was a um, superb game of football. So, well, these two teams have, have certainly shown that they can um, that they can show up on, on on any sort of given night. Um, to come back to your point before, though, you Red Star looked like the teams were going to sort of break away a little bit. Yeah, they, it does. They had a three point cushion at the top of the league. They were surging. They, they seem to be surging away. I think they've won three games in a row and picked up a bit of momentum. Yep. But then Sterling Macedonia beat them by two goals to nil last week and, and just detailed that sort of movement. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond this week. And, and from Sorrento's perspective, they obviously need a win to get moving if they have ambitions of making the top four. And also, um, they'd want to bounce back from, bounce back from that midweek disappointment. Yeah, uh, you, you're exactly right. Yeah, and... Um as you say, I mean, the top three sides, uh, Red Star, Balcata and Sterling, have all lost the same amount of games. I mean, that, that, that is just crazy. They're, you know, it, it, it's down to, you know, it, again, the, the, the top four have all won the same amount of games. I mean, that competitiveness doesn't say it. it, it, it you, as a coach, you must be tearing your hair out because, as you just mentioned there, you turn up to a game and go, well, I know it's, you know, say 10th versus 3rd, but, you know, toss the coin. Who's winning this? Absolutely, and it's not just that here, but the football's actually pretty damn good as yes, well. Yes, it I is. Think, I, I think sometimes we can be a little bit snobby. Um, yeah, yeah. We're all, we're, all quite used to, we're all quite used to watching the big European league, mm-hmm. World Cup, and then so on and so forth. And, and I suppose maybe after a long season, which the World Cup plonks in the middle of it, maybe there is that little bit of football fatigue and that people maybe just want a little bit of a break for, for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, I mean... There's only nine games left in the NPLWA men's season, and, and, and this, I suppose, applies to the women's competition and, and the state leagues, which we'll come on to shortly. But, yeah, I highly, highly recommend people um, get down to their local grounds and go and watch some local football because the, the football is actually pretty good, and it's really exciting. The teams are quite evenly matched. The talent's pretty well spread around the divisions, and, um, yeah, you, you, you'll get a pretty good game 99% of the time, I'd imagine. Yep. Well, and again, we see it, we saw it last week. Um, Florian at home uh, get turned over by Olympic Kingsway three 0 When Kingsway um, new into the into the division this year and with you know huge aspirations to um, to be not only competitive but but you know fighting for titles. Um, what did you think about that result, Tom? Again, with the caveat of was it a shock? As we've already mentioned, that any side could beat any side. I, I would have uh, would have thought. Uh, prior to that game kicking off, that, um, that the Florida home ground advantage would have been enough to um, to maybe see off the newcomers of the league. Yeah, so, uh, well, well Florida haven't had a particularly good season um, by no. their standards. No. Obviously, as the defending champions, they found themselves bottom of the league about three weeks ago. But, That's right. Um, they, they won two games in a row, um, which sort of lifted them up to uh, around eighth or ninth. And obviously, they, they lost that game to Kingsway that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but then they've gone through in the Cup this week as well by two goals to one against um, Coburn, who the other WA representative with Inglewood. And, and obviously those two teams will meet in the State Cup final. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Kings, in terms of Kingsway, look, they're, they're, they're mid-table at the moment. They're really touching distance off the um, top four. And they've got a game in hand as well with after a um, fixture against the That's right. It was postponed. Yep. So, um, so that'll be an interesting one as we get towards sort of August, September time as to when that game's going to be um, put down on the calendar because I think that could be a massive game in terms of the way the league shapes out potentially for Sterling and the top four potentially shakes out. Well, it certainly would. Uh, yeah, as you say, if, if Sterling get the positive result there, they go they go top on points. Uh, and if uh, Olympic get the uh, get the result, they, they go into um, fourth place. So, uh, Absolutely. That, uh, King, I'm just about to say, Vaughan, from Kingsway's perspective... Um, 
they, I think they've, they've given the league a really good shake. I think many expect to with the talent in their team, and David mm-hmm. Puff's a, a very good coach as well. Um, yes. But nothing, but nothing says MPLWA 2023 more than Olympic Kingsway going to win-loss, win-loss. Win-loss, win-loss, that's right, yeah. Five games, so. <laughs> well, again, yeah, exactly what you say, play 12, win six, lose six. It's like, eh, come on now. We, we, you know, there's consistency, but you want to have the consistency of win-win, not win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. <laughs> Correct. And, um, and, and this weekend, uh, and again, the, the good game is coming thick and fast. I'm, I'm almost a little envious, and I'm not going to be there today, but I think Bout had a versus Olympic. We discussed this at the beginning of the season that um, uh, Olympic Kingsway. Had, <laughs> I mean, it was an old rivalry um, just uh, just last week with Florida. Now we've got that uh, that rivalry Florida again against Sterling. So, not only is the football good, you've got that tradition of of rivalry that again, I think you know, you, you talk to your average. Um, Football fan down the down the street with his Liverpool shirt on, he'll know about the rivalries of Liverpool United, Liverpool Everton, United versus City. But you know, like I say, that the, the rivalries in this particular competition, um, for intensity, rival those as well. Hundred percent, and um, yes, and I think that's a really important part of, of the game here, here, you and all around Australia is maintaining that tradition because. Um, but, but there is that sort of saying, isn't there, that the Premier League. Didn't or 1992, and um, <laughs> it, it sort of wasn't rebranded, and and in a sense, um, I think I think maintaining the tradition and those those ethnic roots and, and all that sort of, um, it, it really is a, it's a bit of a unique sort of um, thing that we've got here in our in our code here in in, this, in Australia, and I think that the longer that we hold on to that and, and treasure that and maintain that character, is, is something to be applauded. Just on Sterling and for it this weekend, um, again. Um, They've, they've sort of got a bit of a, um, I wouldn't call it a promotion, but it's just something they're doing this weekend that they're allowing all pensioners through um, Good. as part of a, um, a pensioners sort of support weekend um, in that sense. So yep. I think the idea is that they're encouraging um, kids and, um, and and parents, maybe take their grandparents and, um, and so on and so forth. So oh, it's always Now that's an incentive that uh, um, Sterling have had for a few uh, few years now. That they um, they're, they're trying to not trying. They are making that uh, that club a a hub of the community, and obviously one of the better ways to do that is yeah supporters who have followed the club through through thick and thin. And let's face it, they've had some thick, and it's been some you know very very thick, and some thin, which has been at times um, you know tearful thin, uh, and to to then. Acknowledge that the history of the club is not just last month, last year, 
last decade, it's been going on for a while. So, it, again, more clubs uh, should be doing that. I know, uh, again, if we go to the Premier League, uh, you'd probably know better than I, Tom, that uh, Chelsea have that as well, that, that um, one of their nicknames used to be the pensioners because they would have uh, uh, war veterans come in for free. And, and mm. I, I believe they still do. So, yeah, and, yeah, no, it's, um, no, it's, and, and I think, um, I think with, with all these, I think with all the clubs here in, mm. um, in WA, you mentioned that, that community aspect, I think engaging with your, with your local community, that's an important thing for, for people here in, in the West. And, um, and, and the more that clubs are able to think outside the box yeah. and maybe have some different ideas and, and sort of have some different promotions, um, rounds, um, themed rounds, any, anything, without being too gimmicky, of course, yes. like the Star Wars round that we saw in the A-League <laughs> that time or anything like that, but, but, with, but, with, but with sort of, um, obviously, community relevance, I think, I think, the, um, I think those, those teams who do those sorts of things um, on the odd week should be, should be applauded for, for, for making the effort and trying to think out of the box a little bit. Yeah, we've seen Wanneroo City do that um, towards the end of the season where they've had um, that 24-hour uh, match where... Um, Teams from all the way from the juniors up to the uh, to the veterans take turns to have a match that would continue for as as long as it can. So and again to raise money for for charity. Those those initiatives, are, are, yeah, as you say, Tom, there should be more of it. Now with the uh, couple of games we haven't mentioned, uh, Perth Glory will, will take on Bayswater and Coburn City will take on Perth. Perth with a new coach. Um, what, do you see that appointment of Danny Hay? Um, Paying dividends. I, I mean, a lot of people around town have gone, "Wow, what a what a huge appointment!" And, and it is. I mean, we've got a player of uh, of international quality who's played at the highest level is now coaching in in our backyard. Well, it's paid off so far on the face of it because um, when the departure of the Wingle brothers happened, mm-hmm. um, Danny Hay was appointed, but he wasn't um, officially in charge for until two weeks after the appointment was officially made. Um, they, but while he was sort of in, in the background behind the scenes and no doubt keeping an eye on the games, Perth won both of those matches. And yeah. They've now got on to win three and four. Their only defeat was against Leeds' Red Star, which is by no means a, um, a crime or anything like that. So, look, three wins in four games has put Perth to fifth in the league and, um, and they're starting to make their move. So, um, yeah, you've got, you've got to say that, um, that obviously something, um, something wasn't quite working um, towards the end of, of Mark and Dale Wingle's sort of Rain there, whatever that mm. was behind the scenes, but but obviously the change in in coach and, and the change in and maybe the odd changes of personnel within the lineup or, or anything that's changed at Dorian Gardens will um will sort of has sort of clearly given them that boost um, as you can see in the results and they've and they've sort of put themselves right on the cusp of the top four. It is it is interesting though with Perth because they've got a long stretch of away games yes, now. Do. Obviously, yep. with, with Dorian Gardens being used for the FIFA Women's World Cup, so. Um, it can work for some teams because you can sort of almost have that siege mentality away from home and sort of really go, right, this is this is how we're going to attack every away game. We are the underdog, so on and so forth. Um, but sometimes it can also be a little bit fatiguing in terms of constantly get, get yourself yep. up for that sort of game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting again, Coburn, with a with a point to prove a bit like Sorrento after going out in the cup during the week. So um, that'll be an interesting point down that in that park. Yep, and I think the last game we need to uh, we'll, we'll uh, touch on. Did we get that? No, Inglewood versus Armadale. But but Penny would give me a, a a huge kick in the backside if we don't go to the uh, women's NPL. How have you seen that competition so far, Tom? Yeah, um, in, in terms of the competition itself, I, I think it's been very um, it's been very intriguing. 
Um, I think it's, it was, it's, it's obviously been a lot more competitive last year. Red Star were, were phenomenal in games. <laughs> yes, they were. They, 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 they lost the game for a change, had, you know. <laughs> well, they had, a, they had a clean sweep of the trophies yeah. and they were unbeaten throughout the whole year. And even though they've only lost one game this year, um, they have gone out of the cup and they have they haven't necessarily blown teams out of the water, no. curtain aside, um, like, like they did last year. So... Um, it's shaped up to be an interesting campaign. Um, Red Star obviously came off that big 11 0 win against Curtin yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, which we probably don't need to delve into because that's a bit no, of a theme of the season. But this weekend they've got Balcatar Etna uh, away from home. That's the game that um, I'm doing on Sunday. Oh, awesome. for the reserve. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one because um, Red Star and Balcatar have traditionally had pretty tight games. Oh, yeah, they have. And with Balcatar having. Monique Prinzel and Tia Stone, who are up front now. Um, they are a, a duo who can cause teams any, problem any problems on any given day. Yep. So um, that, that'll be an interesting one in terms of a bit of a test for Red Star's um, defence anyway. They have got the league's best rear guard. They've only conceded six so far in 2023. But Balcata needs to start winning. They, they had a little nice run of form for a while. I think they won three games in a row. Yep. And then they've only picked up one point in their last two games against Subiaco and, and Fremantle City going down for a last-minute um, defeat last weekend at Hilson Park. So, yeah, Tim Cash's team, whilst they have a game in hand, need to make sure they're picking up three points on a regular basis and playing touch with that top four because it's still so tight in that mix. And um, all those teams, it looks as though Red Star and Fremantle City are starting mm-hmm. to pull away as that, that sort of two-horse race for the title. But below that, you've got NCC, Perth, um, those two are actually playing each other this weekend, right. and then Mom SD and Balcata below. So it, it's super tight in that competition, and, and even Subiaco have been very competitive in season yeah. twenty twenty three as well. Greg Farrell continues to do a good job there, and um, there's certainly no pushover. And teams have to be very uh, very aware of yeah. them when they um, when they turn up on any given day. Exactly right, friend of the show, Greg Farrell, uh, when he took on that uh, that role at Subiaco. We had him uh, round about that time, and he said, it, "This is this is a project. This is a long term. You know, I'm not expecting results tomorrow. I'm not expecting results, but if the system, and it's always about a system, if the system is adhered to, results will come. He's he's not one that uh, looks at the um, the the score at the end of ninety minutes. He's looking at the performance at the end of ninety minutes. You know, did, did you do your role? Did did you you know?" play as a team rather than did the team win, which is, you know, I, I think, um, is admirable uh, and, and ultimately we'll, we've seen we've seen that in, in almost every league. If, if you can stick with that coach and you can stick with that while there's the teething problems, the results will will come. I think, I think with Subiaco, I think we, we, we forget just where exactly they yeah. were in 2020 and exactly. 2021. Um, but they kind of are in a position, the, the position that Curtin are in now. Mm. Um, I don't think they were as, as bad as what, what Curtin are now, unfortunately, but um, for them. Yeah. But the Subiaco were still the league's bottom team, and I don't think they won a game in the first season of the yeah, NBA in 2020, nope. although it was a shortened season. So, um, yeah, to, to, obviously, uh, from, from Greg's perspective, he, he would have wanted to come in. Um, but the first thing is obviously trying to bring in some players too, who you sort of know and trust yeah. and you think can implement your style of football and how you want to do things. And then it's obviously bringing that all together over a period of time. Last year they they had some good results towards the back end of the campaign. I think they beat Balcata twice, and they yeah, and yeah. they also um, and they also gave NCC a real good run on a, on a couple of matches. They sure did. I think they 
only lost one nil to, to Red Star as well, Ooh, which, is, which, again, was a, which again was a pretty good performance given um, how good Red Star were. And, and this season, whilst they've only won, I think they've only won once or twice in the league. So twice, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think I think Greg will be a little bit disappointed that they've not quite been able to can sort of mm. may, maybe sort of confirm or um, or maybe convert a couple of those games. And a, and yeah, a three-all three draw with uh, with Balcata at uh, at Balcata just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, correct. And they, and they led in that game as well. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, there's there's been some points that have been left on the table, but but I think the overall progression and the overall competitiveness is um is, is something which you can sort of hang your hat on and um and hopefully it only continues to grow because the more the more competitive teams that we have in the top flight of, of women's football, the obviously the better it is. That's right. Game here, especially in a um a year where we've got the um. Referees, administrators, fans. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking to uh, Zach Walker very shortly. Um, there's a bit of rumblings about the uh, Canadian women's side and uh, and a pay dispute, similar to what uh, we saw uh, a few years ago with the US women's national team. Um, and uh, as as worrying as it it sounds, they are uh, threatening boycott of the of the World Cup. And I'm thinking there's no way that can happen, but uh, the the days of, I'm sorry, you're a female, you get, you know, a tenth for doing the same task as somebody with a with a different gender is that that they're long gone. That that, that should be that shouldn't even have got to this stage. You know, they're, they're the Olympic gold medalist and, and and have not missed an Olympic final for the last three uh, three games and and are just going gangbusters on the on the national scene. But that's a story we'll, we'll, we'll ch- chat about with with Zach uh, coming up. Um, Tommy, it has been my pleasure to have you on air. Is there anything else you wish to uh, inform our listeners before we let you go? Because I know how busy you are. You need to be setting up um, all sorts of stuff. And, you know, with the weather being as it is, the more time you've got to get up there and get it sorted, the, the happier I, I certainly will be because I know you're getting there safely. <laughs> yeah, no, all good. Um, I, suppose, I suppose just quickly, obviously, State League Division 1. Yes, um, I wasn't sure whether you wanted to go there, but I've got that in front of me as well. <laughs> no, no, we can touch on the State League. Go for it. So obviously, we've sort of got the three-horse race in, in, in State League. It was yep. an interesting week. For, it was a good week, sorry, for Mandra, because they won and um, Western Knights and um, Fremantle City were both held to goal. That's right, that's so right. They, they've tightened that, the top of that league a little bit. Um, this weekend, I think they've all got sort of games that they'd expect to win on paper, at least anyway, against teams that are in the bottom half of the league. But to, to, to what we saw last week in terms of... Um, Knights and Fremantle being held. I don't think that's. Um, I don't think anything just like the MPL is, is is granted, and you've got to really work hard for it. Um, and in Division Two, um, Olymp- uh, sorry, Kingsley Westside's game was actually postponed with Wanneroo last week, so that allowed Morley Windmill to um, win by a goal to nil and, and and close the gap on them. Although, although Kingsley Westside do have that game in hand, yeah, and that was um, due to uh, pitch conditions because uh, the, the, yeah, that's always been a bit of a uh, uh, Chichester Park's always been a bit of a. Um 
<laughs> a swimming pool, for want of a better phrase, on times. I know they've uh, spent a fair amount of uh, of money and help from the council to get that uh, that problem solved. But was that the reasoning for that one, Tom? Uh, yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, I wasn't here last weekend. Ah, I'm sorry. And and and. Yep. Some way, shape, or that, form. That, that's the bus reversing. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> but, with, but with the um, but with the um, with the game this weekend, it's actually Morley Windmills versus um, Maddington, Calamunda White City this weekend, and that's second versus third in the league. Yeah, Maddington are on this phenomenal run at the moment. I think they're unbeaten in six or seven games, and they've won maybe five in six, and they've sprung themselves right back into promotion and to. Um, and, and the title contention. So there's a bit of a gap to make up on Kingsley West side, but, um, but, but those two teams going head-to-head this week and might just tell us a little bit about who's going to be the ones to challenge Kingsley West side, who, yeah. who incidentally have got Joondalup City this week. <laughs> you look at that one in the league, on paper, that Northern Suburbs derby, and you sort of think Kingsley West side should win that game should. against a team in the bottom half, but Joondalup City have won their last two games. So... Yeah. Um, that that might be a trickier one than they probably anticipated. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> knowing them, they're not going up there going, yeah, this is easy. Particularly, as you say, with the conditions. Uh, although, I've just spun round. The, uh, I won't say the sun's come out, but it certainly stopped raining. It looks a bit brighter outside, but, um, yeah, heavy pitches uh, make for um, interesting results. Yeah, well, that, well that's the thing. The, the, and that's always part of it. That's always part of the, the ring rules of the season as well, you know. Yeah. You get the, the wind, the rain, it can be quiet <laughs> on, on any sort of afternoon. And it, and it all come back full circle, you know. Um, it, it sort of just goes to show the league, you know, in all the leagues this season, you don't know what you're going to get in any given day. Exactly right. Mr Tom Dolman, Football West reporter extraordinaire, thank you very much for your time today. I really do appreciate every time that you make yourself available for this particular show, and particularly my show when when I'm sitting in the chair, because it uh, it does make my day so much more enjoyable. You stay safe out there, Tom. Um, You know, don't think too much about Cyprus. You know, think about uh, Perth. Make sure you've got that beanie of the gloves on, because... You can uh, probably keep yourself warm. We're going, oh, could it be in Cyprus right now? Could be in Cyprus right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, enjoy your weekend. It's all, everyone. You bet I will. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you later in the season. Cheerio, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Mr. Tom Dolman, Football West reporter extraordinaire, talking to us all things uh, local. Uh, and we'll just go through that um, State League Division One ladder. As he said, it's very tight at the top. Western Knights are top of the table um, on 26 points. But then we have uh, Mandra City on 24 points, Fremantle City 23 points, and Joondalup United on 20 points. And down the other end of the table is uh, Forestfield United, 12 games played, 6 points, and Gosnell City, 12 games played, 11 points. Games are being played today in that division. Forestville will take on Western Knights. Subiaco will take on Fremantle City. Gosnells will take on Joondalup United. Mandra will take on Murdoch University, Melville. Gullup Croatia will take on Dianella White Eagles. So, again, as we discussed with Tom, there's another one of the rivalries that have been long-standing, and UWA Netherlands will take on Rockingham City. I am going to be taking a quick break, and uh, after the break, we will have our American correspondent, Mr. Zach Walker, on the air, and he will talk to us all things in the US, including, as I <laughs> mentioned uh, with uh, Hayley Roach just the, the other week, when I saw the uh, the transfer, Lionel Messi to Inter, 
I thought it was a, uh, a different inter. He has actually gone to the MLS with Inter Miami. So we'll have a chat to Zach Walker about that. Plenty more to come. You stick with us. It is uh, Huey here flying solo on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Rotine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. I'm wide awake in the middle of the night. I feel like I can't breathe. The words of your goodbye crash over me. What about my life? What about these dreams? These dreams that haunt me every time you leave. But you can't take back all your promises, all the secrets that we share. Baby, you forgot I was lost. I believe in a world. Yeah. Baby, you forget 
let's uh, fade that down. Yep, that was from the 2002 FIFA World Cup. The FIFA pitch release of the official music from the World Cup. That was the American entry, which is called, would you believe it? It's a world of make-believe by Cheyenne. Joining us all the way from that wonderful country of US of A is ex-DC United backroom staff, Mr. Zach Walker. Good morning, Zach. Sorry, good evening to you, Zach. How are you today? I'm doing well, Hugh. Good, good evening. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, appreciate appreciate you having me on. No, no. Yeah, and as I said to uh, our, our previous guest, Mr. Tom Dolman, it, how, how happy do you think I am to hear your wonderful voice, <laughs> Zach? The feeling, the feelings mutual. Oh, that's great, and you've uh, increased my popularity by at least a uh, hundredfold because you are more popular and famous than I ever will be. So, well done, you, Zach. Huge things happening in the world of. Uh, dare I say it, soccer uh, in the US, where would you like to start? Uh, you know, uh, I, I think the, the thing that's really sweeping the news, the soccer news here stateside is the hopeful, impending, albeit seems like it's going to happen, arrival of uh, the greatest of all time, Lionel Messi. Um, mm. I'm sure sure that has made some shockwaves uh down under in terms of news, and I, and I think you even shared a interesting quote with me where you thought he was going to <laughs> Inter Milan and not yes. Inter Miami when you first heard it. So. That's exactly right. I, I, I yeah, when I um I was um on air uh, with a different station and it, it, it flashed out through the BBC uh, World Service uh, Messi to Inter. I went, bloody hell, that's huge! And then yeah, I opened it up, went into Miami. That's even bigger. What's how is that? Uh, how is that even possible? It, it, I spoke with Haley Roach. Is it the same as the uh, the Beckham ruling that he is not going to be paid squillions as he could have got there if he went to say uh, Saudi Arabia for one of a better bit of uh, country? Is he part of that uh, that Beckham deal where he will be offered ownership rather than um, a bucket load of cash? Yeah, I think. Uh that definitely is what kind of sweetens the deal. It seems like, uh, in addition to him already, you know, having a familiarity with South Florida and Miami specifically. But you know, a lot of a lot of people have mentioned that the the wheels were set in motion for this. You know, back when Beckham joined the league, and so the way that the deal is being structured is similar to what Beckham was offered, but mm-hmm. it's a little a little different in terms of Apple and Adidas getting involved. Oh. Um, when it was previously just Beckham, it was just the league and the ownership, but obviously the, the, the time uh, and era has changed, and, and certainly the, the level of, of, of popularity and excitement around Messi to me is um, unlike anything we ever experienced, uh, even with Beckham. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, with, with Beckham obviously having his hand in the cookie jar and involved with this, you know, uh, it's just, it's just brilliant. So, uh, I, I hope it, I hope it happens. I'm still, you know, a little, um, reserved until I see him actually show up in Miami and put the yep. kit on, yep. but everyone is very excited. So well, we, we jumped onto the into Miami website and they are already close to selling out the uh, number 10, uh, Lionel Messi into Miami shirt, both home and away. Uh, and I'm thinking that's got to be, you know, <laughs> the deal's got to have been done. You can't can't be selling those shirts at, at that volume and then go, whoops, sorry, he is off to into Miami, uh, my Milan. It's like, no, 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 come on. He, 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 yeah, that's going to be unbelievable. And there was more than a few um, 
naysayers who were going, ah, oh, he's only going there because he doesn't have to play anymore. Well, have you seen an MLS game lately? Because, crikey, that's, um, that's a league and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you see the highlights often, but the goal that was just scored do, do, yeah, uh, yeah. by Philadelphia yes. Union yep. over the weekend yep. was one of the best goals you'll see probably anywhere in the world. So, yep, yep. and those... Yeah, I, um, I was going to say, those that haven't seen it, uh, uh, think yourself back to David Beckham against Wimbledon. I'm going to take the ball from the defence. I'm inside my own half. I said, oh, look, the keeper's off the line. Bang. And that, I, I would put that goal ahead of the Beckham goal because uh, he, he's wellied it into the top, uh, top corner, whereas Beckham was just going, oh, if I kick it and, and chip the keeper, it might bounce in, whereas that goal on the, on the, on the weekend was a, an absolute bullet. Yeah, uh, you know, they do awards over here for goals of the week and goals of the year. Obviously, they've got the Puskas Awards that FIFA does. Yes. Um, and there was an incredible goal scored by Lucas De La Rayana of Columbus from midfield, similar to what Beckham has done, uh, two weeks ago. And then this goal scored by, I think it was Gonzalez from Philadelphia. I can't remember his name. I apologize. But just uh, out of this world. So, oh, I've you know, got week the wrong, in, week out. I've got the wrong goal, didn't I? Goal, yeah, so. yeah. I've, I've got the wrong goal. I'm, I'm two weeks behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you to gotta keep up. Every, every night um, there's a new goal. And, and the exciting thing about, you know, this Messi partnership and the Apple partnership is it's a lot easier for people all around the world now. I think they said our games are broadcast in over 150 different countries now. Yep. yep. And so I think... Um, you know, everybody was shocked that Messi turned down the Saudi money, but mm. something tells me he's no dummy. With, with this, with this, you know, share of the Apple revenue and Adidas yeah. revenue, he'll probably end up making more money than he could have made in Saudi Arabia. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, again, when um, when Ronaldo went and took that uh, that cash, people were going, "Oh, what's he doing there?" But uh, I thought the backlash for for Messi taking this deal was a little bit more harsher, but maybe that's because he is the reigning uh, World Cup winning captain. Now, another one that ta- uh, popped up, Sergio Busquets. He's going to be joining him here. So what, 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 yeah. are, what are we... If they're going to change the name from into miami to Barcelona-Miami? I mean, what's happening there? I, I mean, they, they might have to. I, I think, <laughs> you know, his... This just... Go, not that we need to, you know, continue to analyze and explain the brilliance that is messy and the impact that he has had on the game and will continue to have on the game for generations, but we're seeing it happen in real time. Luis Suarez is linked now with coming to Miami as well, and apparently there are negotiations with that. You know, it seems like anyone and everyone's going to start being linked with them. And and what's really interesting, purely from a business side, is, you know, he hasn't officially signed, but it all is but done. But people, even with the hype, didn't need to see that it was all but done. I mean, the the, the ticket prices Mm. for games, um, when he's expected to arrive here in, in late July, early August, have gone up 10x already. So the cheapest <laughs> wow. ticket, I think, is 500 American oh to get in, where the cheapest ticket before he arrived was $25, $30. So <laughs> it, it's just unbelievable to see the fever the fever that's happened, and everyone is jumping in on it, and it, it definitely has made mainstream media and sporting news here in the States, um, which is always you know important for us to continue to grow the sport. So... Yeah. Um, very, very excited about this. So. Before we leave the Inter-Miami space, um, Jordi Alba? <laughs> I mean, he's been linked into Miami as well. I just don't understand it, how, how these superstar players who could write a contract wherever are all wanting to play in the MLS with, with Messi. That, that, 
that speaks volumes of just the respect that Messi has within the world uh, of football because when, again, those that listen to the World Football Programme on a regular basis know my um, my allegiance to the best player that the world uh, is seeing at the moment. But when uh, Ronaldo went to um, to the Middle East, very few followed him. Messi hasn't yet put a foot yeah. in, 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 in the MLS and everyone wants to join him. It, it's yeah. Uh, I, I mean, as much as as much as I, you know, absolutely love and revere Messi and want to give him ninety percent of the credit here. You know, I would be remiss to say that there's a lot of credit that goes to the league and yes. the ownership and the structure and the U.S. Soccer Federation because you know they've really laid the foundation and, and attracted several other stars. Um, you know, high-level stars even before Messi, not at the level of Messi, but, you know, Becca, Gary oh, yeah, yeah. Henry, Rafa Marquez, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Timmy, uh, Guillermo Barascoloto. You know, oh, Timmy so Cahill, you know, so, we had Wayne, Wayne Rooney. So, Timmy Cahill, yeah. Can, can you, because uh, so, here in the A-League, we, we have all a... brought us to this point. Yeah, so. we have a marquee system where your your marquee player is outside of the um, the the main salary cap, but in in the MLS, you have a, a, a targeted allocation money Paul, can, can you explain to our listeners how that works? Being that you know, not not too many of us have got uh, an accounting degree. I know that's part of the area where you um, you excel in. Can, can you give us a, 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 well, a layman's well, term of that? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the the interesting thing about MLS is that it, the rules seem to we joke like to change every year, and I'm sure they'll change <laughs> next year to further benefit you know Messi and Miami and somehow ensuring that they're in an MLS Cup final, because that's what everyone's going to want to see. But, but yeah, basically it's a single-entity system, um, which is very common with American sports, um, and it's a franchise model. So unfortunately, you know, we don't have relegation and promotion, but we do have salary caps, which keeps you know, the, the spending in check, so to speak. But um, the, the, the designated player rule, a.k.a. the Beckham rule, mm-hmm. um, was was put into existence when Beckham came in, and that's how uh, they are skirting the system to pay, you know, um, market value compared to Europe prices to attract some of these players. And so you're seeing um, a lot of young players realize they can make a significant amount of money here yeah. um, in some in some respects more than they could make in Europe uh, or even China, for example. Probably not Saudi Arabia. Um, but it really only typically um, applies to a few uh, players per team. Mm-hmm. But then they also have targeted allocation money, as you That's... mentioned, which is another uh, scheme where uh, teams can basically trade um, salary cap uh, allocated money in order to increase their cap and try to, um, you know, identify more players to bring in at a higher salary. So some of the big spenders like Toronto, Chicago, New York, yeah. LA, yeah. Miami now, they are they are um, definitely following the model of trying to sign high-profile talent as opposed to some of the other um, uh, models like Philadelphia, Dallas, here in Colorado where they're really investing heavily in the academy um, to try to bring through younger uh, talent. So it's interesting seeing two different strategies being employed, mm. Um but uh, it, it makes for an exciting, kind of compelling product oh, yeah. that yeah. sometimes can be confusing to follow. But um, but it, it, if it results in 
bring in people like Messi, you know, I think everybody's all for it. So, yep. Yep, that's a that's one to get my head around. Uh, yeah, again, we've um, we have a, 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 a good league here in Australia, and we uh, like to. Um, I'm, I'm trying to choose the words correctly here. We believe it's a, it, it's a strong and, and viable and competitive league, but when we see how, um, particularly the, the, the MLS, and uh, we'll be talking with Kenzo Coy after we've had a chat with you, Zach, about the uh, the J League, um, they're leagues that we should be on par with or at least have parity with, but we're a long way behind that at the moment. And... Unfortunately, there are still more than a few in this country that go, well, we're still a young league. Well, no, because by the time that we were, or the MLS was uh, where we are in terms of seasons played, you had already gone through um, three or four expansions and, and you know, we're, we're qualifying for World Cups just uh, just for fun. So anyway, with the, see that segue I've done there? With the World Cup... The U.S. women's national team have released their provisional 28-team roster. A few surprises on that one, Zach. Yeah, um, very exciting. Obviously, it's uh, right around the corner, mm-hmm. and, and so um, I think there there was some surprises, but some excitement. You know, the, the big names in terms of making the World Cup were certainly the marquee players: your Alex Morgan, yep. Kelly O'Hara, Megan Rapinoe, yep. and Julie Ertz. Um, you know, all getting to play in their in their fourth World Cup. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot of injuries, you know, in, in women's soccer right now to top players. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And there's, you know, plenty of plenty of storylines, but the U.S., you know, realizes the rest of the world has kind of closed the gap. And, and so, um, you know, I think this is going to be a very difficult task, but I like that um, they've been able to blend the roster with some experience and, and, and a lot of youth. Um, in terms of Rodman and Thompson and some of these um, young hotshots that are making their debut that I think could really stamp their name globally. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're very excited um, and, and you know, ho- hope we can get yet another star, but something tells me England uh, England's the team to beat this year, so we'll see. Uh, well, that's the end of that conversation. Thank you very much, Zach. We won't talk to you ever again. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> Turn it up. Come on now. We're, we're catching okay. with- the Lady Matildas as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we we uh, we are very very excited. We um, yeah, the, the 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 fever is growing in this in this country, and uh, the expectation of the Matildas um, going the whole way is is palpable. And quite frankly, you get you know rotations and 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 squad rosters that sort of thing but every now and again you get and i i, I don't like using the phrase but the golden generation i mean uh, the us had that with the men's team in 94 arguably uh, australia had that uh, in the um the late 90s early uh, noughties with with that golden generation this matilda's is is stacked full I mean, we we're talking with uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago about the fact that our coach uh, gustafson has four world-class goalkeepers but can only fit three in the roster for the world cup and we still don't know which is which um to, to have that sort of pressure and that sort of depth for the matilda's is unheard of uh, and and just goes to show not only how far the female version of the game in this country has grown, but how far the female version of the game around the world has grown? Well, you're, you're absolutely correct, and I, I should apologize. You know, I'm here, I <laughs> say that anyone is a favorite other than the host. That's okay. We're not used to... Sorry. 
say we're not we're not used to losing, and so you know when we went into London and and, and the, the the lionesses put a put a whooping on us, that left a, a sour taste in our mouth, and so I think it's the first time we've seen um, kind of public consensus a bit torn in that yeah. wow we're not the favorite we're not that typical American mentality where we expect to go win. I think people are obviously optimistic and excited, but a little nervous, and so yeah. Um, you know, between the Matildas and the Lionesses and the Dutch, um, yeah. it's, it's going to be it's going to be a crazy tough tournament. Yeah. But it's just wonderful to see how much the game has grown globally, um, and and uh, you know, it's always fun to to stop every four years and evaluate the progress of of this game and all the storylines with it. Um, so you know, yep. wishing the best to, to the host. Yeah, no, uh, you, you may you may have missed it, but um, <laughs> the, the, the Matildas did go. Uh, it wasn't at Wembley; it was Brentford's home ground, and we uh, we made the uh, the lionesses look a bit ordinary and put two past them without even getting our uh, sweat. The fact that it was raining sort of hid that sweat a bit, but yeah. So we've um, yeah we, we we take by by default that we've beaten the US, <laughs> we've beaten the World Cup winners, and we've beaten the European champions because we've beat England. Yeah, but anyway, that's... that's there you, that's there you go. That's, and that's the confidence and the mentality you need to, uh, all, to go all. into the tournament with. So I, I love it. <laughs> now, um, I did mention before we got you on that Canada are having a... Um, a wee bit of a, uh, a turmoil in their camp. The uh, the women's um, pay dispute at, in Canada. We we have Canada playing here in Perth uh, against the Irish uh, in the group stages of the World Cup. Are you uh, up to speed on that one? I am, and um, you know, I think it's 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 while it's frustrating and tough to see. I think those conversations. Mm-hmm need to be brought into the public light. And so I know a lot of that came from the um, bargaining agreement that the U.S. women were able to negotiate with our federation to have equal pay. And so, um, you know, that is certainly a a, a major talking point uh, in our country and around the world. And so, you know, with the the Canadians, it's it's certainly a difficult um, situation to be in. But, you know, I fully support them. And and it's interesting, you know, we just played, the men just played the women, mm. um, uh, or I'm sorry, sorry, the men just played the Canadian men team in the Nations League That's final, right. and yeah. their coach came out, John Herdman, the previous women's coach, talking about how their budget is um, lacking <laughs> compared to some of the other programs, and, and they made a World Cup, so, you know, I hope that um, we can start to see some of these footballing developing nations get more support. Um, and, and, and I know that the Canadian men fully support the Canadian women. And so while I hope, uh, you know, they, they have a positive result, there's certainly more important things out there larger than football. And so, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's definitely a story that we're following here and and supporting. Yeah. Those that may not know that the Canadian women's team have qualified for every world cup, except the first one, which was in 1991. Um, so, you know, there's a team that have made you know, a, a habit of qualifying for the World Cup and, and, and still having that um, being in, in front of them. So the team is without a collective bargaining agreement since 2021. Uh, and as you say, when the uh, the US women's national team were going through their collective bargaining um, dispute, we certainly were following that with, with a great deal of interest here in, in Australia. Uh, and I will point out that Reuters, uh, just on the 21st of June, have uh, put out a, um, a report that have indicated, and this is from the Canadian press, so... Um, 
Christine Sinclair says, we are not at a point where we're not getting on a plane, but time's coming where we want it done so as players are not having to deal with it while they're trying to prepare. And they, she's talking about the collective bargaining agreement and, um, and, and a bit of equality in, um, in pay. Yeah, again, the, 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 when they played the US in the uh, She Believes Cup, they were playing in purple, if I remember correctly, just as a, uh, you know, again, we, we think of Canada playing in either red or white in whatever sport that they they represent their, their country in, and to see them in a, in a colour completely different was, um, yeah, had more than a few people scratching their going, why are they playing in that colour for? And then, of course, it's been going on since since February, you know, and, and of course, if we, we go back behind closed doors, it's been going on well before that, 2021, is when uh, they first started to say, look, come on, l- l- let's be serious about this, please. But anyway, that, that's, um, yeah, how we, we don't do that. Um, Julie Ertz, I, I, I did speak to you yesterday, uh, just to make sure that the phone call was going to be uh, able to done. Julie Ertz is going to be in some rare air if the US women's national team do go the whole way and win the cup. She will join only one other player in the history of football by becoming a three-time World Cup winner. How, uh, how huge has that news been received in, in the US, Zach? Well, I, 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 I hate to burst your bubble, but she won't be the only one. Megan Rapino uh, is going to be there as well. Megan, Rap- yep. Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, Kelly O'Hara. Oh, so four of them. Several, oh, uh, okay. There's several women that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Julie Earth, an amazing story in addition to those other wow. um, ladies who I mentioned. Of Julie, course. Julie Earth, you know, some, some people think she retired. Yeah, I did. Soccer. She yeah. didn't retire. She, she she took she took time away to uh, uh, have a child and and spend oh, uh, time right. with that child and raise that child, right. and then was able to get herself physically fit to come back and obviously make her way back to yet another World Cup team. So really, just shows the power um, not only of of women professional players um, but certainly of Julia. So yeah, uh, like I said, we're excited in that they could be entering very rarefied air in terms of. Uh, winning their third World Cup, I believe Pele is the only other person to have done well, that. Pele's so the only male player. Anytime yeah. you're in the conversation, correct. Any, anytime you're in conversation with Pele, uh, you're a good company. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully, they'll start to get um, some more of the respect that they obviously deserve. So, so do you do you feel that Megan Rapinoe uh, might be um, in a similar role as we saw uh, Tim Cahill in the 2018 edition of the Men's World Cup, where? Um, you know, a, a player of, of such stature and who brings such a, a, a team ethic and, and respect is no longer uh, a starter. And as we saw with Tim Cale, was probably not even an impact player off the bench. Rapino, do you see her having the, the, the impact on the field as she would she would expect, or, or do you see her probably in the same sort of role as Marta will have with the Brazilian side, that um, just to have that sort of presence around the team is going to be such a such a benefit that if they don't perform on the field of play that's negligible to the contribution they're making to the whole squad yeah i think i think you nailed it i think the presence that that she and those other players of experience bring is is really what vodka was was looking for um when adding them to the roster i i don't expect rapino to see a tremendous amount of field time but she's such a um infectious character it really can galvanize the team spirit, and and obviously, um, you know she's she's very well known, and so I, I think um, she'll definitely you know be supporting a lot of these young, um, exciting players, you know such as um, 
the Mewis sisters. Uh, Rose Lavelle, yep, who yeah. by far is the most offensive creating player. I don't know if you know her very well, but she is nope, very well, no. absolutely just phenomenal to watch. She, she reminds me of an American Marta in her prime. <laughs> um, but, you know, Trinity Rodman and, and Alyssa Thompson, they're, they're, they're young, they're dynamic, they're exciting, but I think having some of that veteran presence um, for when they uh, inevitably run into some challenges and, and adversity. I, I think having someone like Rapino and Alex Morgan there to help them through those turbulent times is, is really a huge advantage. So yep. yeah, I, uh, I can absolutely see why Rapino was called up, but um, I, I can't imagine she will have the same impact on the field that she maybe has had in previous world cups. Okay. Well, I was going to go and have a chat about Mexico, but we, we, you know, we'd like to focus on positive uh, stories here on the World Football Program and, and that and the, uh, and the, the nasty situations that uh, the All-Whites found themselves in just uh, during the week. We'll, we'll discuss that at a later date because, quite frankly, that sort of, um, that sort of rubbish doesn't need the, the airtime and should never be in our game. It should never have been in our game and the fact that it still exists is just uh, it, 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 yeah, appalling. And those that well, well and without without going into mm-hmm. it, Mike, Michael Boxall he is is a wonderful person. Oh, yes. He he plays obviously in in America yep. in Minnesota. Yep, uh, that's actually where I grew up. Um, you know, my family all has season tickets. They're huge Boxall fans. Yep, we've actually met him in person. Wow. there, got pictures with him. He's such a wonderful guy, wonderful ambassador. So yeah, without going into it, you yep. know, you, you hate to see any player deal with that, but. Uh, he definitely is has a lot of support um, over on this side of the yep, world. Yeah, so. and, and I'll uh, I'll do my usual um, Huey's in the chair. Uh, all thoughts and uh, comments expressed on this particular show are the sole thoughts and processes of the uh, the author and do not necessarily reflect the station, its members, or its board. So we'll uh, leave that there. But as I say, that was uh, that was appalling to have um, Mr. Infantino sitting on his hands taking photos with Vinny Junior, going, "I'm all for kicking racism out of the game," yet allowing that to occur is just a double standard that we can do without but that will go past now your old stomping ground in dc i saw from reuters uh that they are going to have around the clock hours for bars for the women's world cup we, we can't even get that here in in, in perth it's ridiculous <laughs> yes yes that is uh, uh again Hugh, your research never uh, ceases to amaze me. Um, keep keep that quiet. Keep things. that quiet. I'm, I'm very I'm, impressed. I'm trying to make sure that people don't know I do any research. You told me that one. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yes. Uh, you know, obviously the, the World Cup fever is reaching all parts of the mm-hmm. globe. And so to me, that is just one other example of the game continuing to grow in this country. Um, and, 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 and while, you know, you don't want it to get out of control. I can't imagine it will. But with, with the time change, um, getting people gathered together in pubs and bars, that's always, you know, the most exciting part and, and, and viewing parties. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the, the media coverage come out. And I haven't yet heard if any other cities have followed suit, but D.C., having lived there, having worked there, it is a, a very diverse, um, soccer rabid city. And so I'm not at all surprised um, seeing that they're one of the first cities in this country yep. to enact, uh, you know, some law doing that. Um, and, and I don't know if you also saw, but they just announced that the Club World Cup, FIFA Club World Cup, which is expanding to 32 teams, mm. is coming to the United States in 2025. So we're going to have the Copa America in yeah. 2024. 
the Club World Cup in 2025 and the FIFA World Cup in 2026. So, uh, you know, it, it is a great time to be from down under and, and, and from across the pond, as our, as our British friends like to say. It's great to see the game being spread to parts outside of Europe. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. And, and um, we here in Australia tend to uh, be a little bit uh, salty over the fact that... Um, um, Mr. Blatter decided that uh, people don't want to get up in the middle of the night to watch uh, World Cup games, which is what happens whenever there's World Cups here on this side of the world. Yet I see some of those games in uh, in DC have uh, well, you, you, the US against Portugal is a, a three o'clock kickoff. We're, we're regularly used to that, and as we um, we were saying, that that's just a poor excuse to uh, to take that pocket of money which he end up taking allegedly, allegedly. P by awarding it. To well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, one some of my best memories as a as a football fan were in two thousand two yeah. when the U.S. had its best run to the quarterfinals mm. in South Korea, um, in South Korea and Japan. And 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 I remember waking up uh, for those games in the middle of the night with my father and my brothers. And um, you know, I, I I would argue that that um, that experience connected me to the game more because I had to work that much harder for it. And so I remember seeing the scenes down under from, from you all with your recent men's world cup and and how many people were gathered in the streets. And so um, it's just spectacular to see. And I have no doubt that um, this world cup, you know, coming up shortly will, will just lead to much bigger and better. And so, um, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how the game continues to grow down under, and whatever we can do to help support that, you know, let us know because we definitely feel a kinship with you all. Well, what you can do is you have a chat to uh, the U.S. national coach, and uh, when we meet you in the semi-final, just say we'll take three-one. Thank you very much, and uh, they can get the uh, the third place medal. Well, I, I, I don't know if I can quite do that. I, I, I think I was telling you that. But I, 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 have, I have a relationship with the uh, the former <laughs> United States futsal team coach who yeah, uh, told me. me to tell you, if you're looking for some futsal help down under, let him know. He'd love to come down under. Uh, a, a wonderful man by the name of Dusan Jakitsa. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. We uh, the, the, the game continues to cross, you know, continents and, and become more globalized. And so, who knows, our coach, you know, will probably one day be coaching Matilda's or you know, your coach for us. It's, it's it's just funny to see all these players who all play together now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in NWSL and in many of these leagues, and so it, it'll be exciting for them to put on their their nation's colors. But knowing that you know the, the the friendship runs deep, and and we're all in it for the growth of the game, despite you know maybe what the score line will dictate. So, but yeah, I'll see what I can do to to see if we can. Uh, uh, p- perhaps uh, give you a goal or two, but we're still going to score four. So. Uh, well, yeah, that's okay. We we, we play like uh, like Brazil. It doesn't matter how many you score, we'll put one one extra in. But so Zach, with the um, with the Gold Cup, can you explain to me the, and our listeners the difference between the Gold Cup and the uh, and, and the the tournament that um, was played just the other week? Because I thought it was the Gold Cup, but it, but apparently not. The Gold Cup kicks off uh, tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, US versus uh, Jamaica. Uh, correct. Yeah. Um, so good question. <laughs> the the gold cup uh, predates the nations league, right? And I think you know the goal of the nations league was really following uh, what UEFA did in establishing their nations league. Um, you know, Concacaf uh, very much wants to grow the game 
throughout North America, not just U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Right. And they realized, you know, for that to happen, there needs to be a lot more support and opportunity to many of those nations that are not Canada, U.S., or Mexico. (laughs) And so the establishment of the Nations League uh, really helps with that because it's, it's guaranteed fixtures and competitive games for some of those more developing football nations, right. your Panama, your Martinique, your Honduras, your St. Kitts and Nevis. Um, you know, some of these have occasionally done well and made a World Cup or two, mm-hmm. but they're not getting, you know, the growth and the structure that um, maybe we've wanted to see as a region. And so the Nations League definitely, you know, was copying, in my opinion, what UEFA was doing, right. which I'm okay with yeah. for now. Um but the gold, the gold cup, you know, is definitely the marquee. I should say, was the marquee um, continental confederation championship um, that you know goes back 32 years. So there's a lot more history there. But um, it, you know, it's, it's similar to the Nations League and the Euros and how you you know you need to fill um, the fixtures in between. So part of it, I certainly think, is a, is a sporting element. Right. Part of it absolutely is a marketing and, and a business decision. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, the Gold Cup, um, you know, is being held in the U.S. and will have a lot of um, uh, large stadiums and, and large matches. But really, CONCACAF loves to see that U.S.-Mexico rivalry. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and really, not that you can ever kind of establish and um, guarantee that that matchup is going to happen, but from a promotion, from a business and marketing standpoint and competition standpoint, that that rivalry is what really drives CONCACAF. And okay. so there's a new thing that's happening this summer that's now happening down at the league level, and it's called the League Cup. The League's Cup. Cup. Yeah, and well, it's, uh, hmm. yeah, it's a competition between Liga MX and MLS, yep. and they've had a couple iterations of this, like Superliga um, and obviously the CONCACAF Champions League, which still runs. But uh, those leagues are taking an entire month off this summer, to have a 48-team tournament, wow. um, which I think is going to be really, really exciting. There's you know 40-plus million Mexican-Americans in this country, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of passion, a lot of rivalry there, and as long as everything stays amicable and calm, <laughs> um, I think having this continued intertwined relationship between the Federation uh, will we'll just continue to help the, the sport grow and thrive, and, and hopefully we'll, you know, uh, yield some better results for our respective region um, internationally. So, Fantastic. yeah, lots of exciting stuff happening this side of the pond, and it's always changing, so it is hard and confusing to keep up with, but um, the powers that be, I think, are very serious about, you know, wanting to challenge the big boys in Western Europe, and so whatever they need to continue to do to try to close that gap, they, they definitely want to, and this, and this to me are a couple of examples of that. Sensational. On that note, Zach, I will let you go. Thank you very much for being so generous with your time. I appreciate it's uh, what must be half past midnight over there right now. <laughs> with the way I uh, wrap it on, I could talk all day about uh, about football, as you well know. But we've got some other guests lined up, including the fabulous Kenzo Koi, who's going to tell us about the upcoming Casper uh, um, Asian Cup, um, a subject very close to the uh, the hearts of both of us, but we'll, we'll have a chat about that one another time. Zach Walker, thank you. 
You stay safe over there. And next time I am confused about uh, a particular league in um, in your part of the world, I will certainly get you on the on the uh, telephone and we'll have a chat so our listeners will equally be informed. Uh, well, thanks. We appreciate it. Uh, wish you the best of luck. We'll be watching and cheering for the Matildas. And, uh, no, you yeah, won't. Thanks for having us on. It's always a pleasure with you. <laughs> Good on you, Zach. Thank you. for You enjoy the rest of your evening. And as I say, stay safe. Bye for now. And that was Zach Walker, the ex-DC backroom staff and uh, a superstar of the world game from the US, giving us a heads up on all things over that side of the world. It is the World Football Program that you're listening to. So let's uh, get into some world football news. Also, with as Zach was saying, with uh, CONCACAF, um, the women's uh, game in that particular confederation is going gangbusters. Uh, you may uh, or may not know, apart from Canada and the US from that uh, confederation, we also have Haiti, who will be um, based at Persidor Reserve. Uh, we have uh, Panama, who will be based in Adelaide. We also have the wonder that is Costa Rica, and they are uh, based over in New Zealand, who will be joining us uh, very soon, <laughs> very soon uh, for the... Um, for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup Australia and New Zealand edition. As I say, I will be going again internationally. We'll be talking to uh, Kenzo Koi, who will have a chat about the fixtures in this uh, weekend's J-League, as well as the upcoming Asian Cup of Table Football. You stay with us. Plenty more to come on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You've got Huey in the chair. And joining us all the way from Japan is Kenzo-san. Kenzo, domo arigato, konnichiwa. Can you hear me? I can indeed. I pressed the wrong buttons in the wrong order, but I've got you now. (laughs) How are you, mate? (laughs) Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that was my fault. As I said, when I was when I was teeing you up, if I press the wrong buttons in the wrong order, that'll be my fault. But now I've got them going now. We can hear you very, very clearly. Kenzo-san, how are you today? Yes. Yeah, in Japan, a very cloudy day and a little bit rainy season. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit... Uh, uh, depressive day. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzo, I've got you on to have a chat about a few things. Um, in particular, yes. the upcoming Confederation yes. of Asian Sports Table Football Associations Asian Cup. Can you tell us about that yes. as, as the organizer? Okay, okay. Thank you very much. Arigato gozaimasu. And uh, we will stage uh, just ever Asian Cup of Table Football 2023 mm-hmm. in Kashima. Yes. And uh, Kashima is a local city in uh, near Tokyo, about uh, 30 kilometers away from Tokyo. And uh, But it's a little bit uh, hard to access for foreigners. Uh, um, uh, I know, uh, I think uh, you uh, very dif- feel difficult to get to Kashima, but uh, we, we get a uh, lot of uh, sponsor uh, of uh, Kashiwa City mm-hmm. and also J1 League, uh, you know, the Kashiwa Reiso. That's right. Yeah, yes, Kash- and the Kashiwa, yeah, Kashiwa Reiso uh, is supporting us uh, to organize uh, this uh, tournament. So, and uh, as well, the Asian Cup, uh, we have a Singapore player, mm-hmm. uh, 10 players in the Australia, uh, from Australia. One player, uh, he is a very famous and very gentle player. <laughs> the name is the name is uh, Hugh Best. Hang on, Maybe you don't know. I, I've heard that. I've heard that name. He, he's a yeah gentle player. I'm, yeah, no, that's all. Gentle player because uh, because uh, uh, we, you know the, we have played uh, many times in yes, Japan. We, yeah, and uh, we feel uh, always uh, uh, playing. Very with a uh, full smile. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, even, even, even if uh, I got the goal from you, <laughs> you <always laughs> <play>. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for only saying it was only one goal. I, I can remember the way of picking the ball out of the net a few times there, but that, yeah, we, yeah I think the last time we played was in Singapore. Yes, yeah, but maybe yeah, I think so. The Asian Cup last time is uh, 2018 or 17, maybe. No, the, the Singap- and uh, yeah. you know, and you know the we have the corona, mm. and uh, this uh, this time Asian Cup theme main theme is reunion. Yep, reunion. Exactly because, right. Because uh, about uh, three point five years uh, we couldn't meet and play, so this Asian Cup is uh, just a set of uh, player. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, reunion, reunion. Yep, and I am very, very much looking forward to that. Oh, I thought there'd be a, a few more from Australia turning up, but that's okay. At least there's uh, one Yahoo from uh, from this particular country is going to uh, jump around like a kangaroo and act like a like a silly person. And <laughs> now with the, <laughs> with the J League, um, uh, Kenzo, oh, yes? son, uh, is your team yes? Yokohama FC or the Marinos? Why you know? Why you know? I'm a great supporter, big supporter of Yokohama FC. Yep. And uh, Yokohama FC is now in the bottom of J1 League. I and, know, uh, I see that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, last year uh, we were in J2 League mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, promoted uh, this year and uh, still, you know, the about uh, 10, 10 games where we couldn't get win. Yes. And uh, after that, in May, uh, we get uh, three three wins, and uh, now ranked uh, the third from mm. bottom. Yep. So I'm scared uh, to <laughs> down to J1 or J2. Yeah, no, yes, so you should be. I'm, I'm looking at the fixtures for today and one yeah. of my favoured uh, teams, because I spent a bit of time in Kyoto, there you are playing Kyoto Sanga uh, today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be a very tough game for Yokohama very, FC. Very, very important game. Yeah. Because uh, now uh, the Kyoto is uh, ranked uh, 14th. That's right. And uh, now Yokohama FC is 16th. Yep. The point is... Uh, uh, about four points. Oh, I've got the ladder here. It's three points. So if uh, FC, oh, yeah, yeah, FC three win, points. That, that will go up to 14th. That will take the uh, take the spot of Kyoto, de- depending on whether uh, Gamba or Saka uh, yeah, yeah. get a win. Yes. And as you know, the next game next game is uh, Yokohama FC versus uh, Gamba Osaka. Yeah. So the, this these two games are very important. For us, because uh, the Kyoto, this Kyoto game is uh, just a start of, uh, you know, the, the, but what should I say in English? Uh, the mm. Kohan, Kohan, and, uh, in the middle, and Kyoto is the first game of the second. Yep. Now, um, it would be remiss of me not to ask of you, Kenzo, um, yes. Australian manager... Um, mm-hmm was in charge of Yokohama. He is now yeah. in charge of a uh, English Premier League side. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aussie and Postacoglu. How has that yeah. news been received in Japan and in particular in Yokohama? Mm. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Yokohama, if Marinos is uh, ranked now one and the last year's champion. Yes. And uh, Postacoglu, it's a... It's difficult to pronounce for Japanese pro, postago guru. Yes. Oh, is that right? Post- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have trouble pronouncing it as well. Postago guru. Yeah. Postago guru. Oh, that's... Ah, you know, the postago guru is uh, much influence to J-League mm. because uh, high, high pressure, high pressure, and... Uh, and a short short counter. Mm. That kind of uh, system is a bit uh, different from uh, traditional Japanese style. Yeah. But, uh, yes. And uh, his Marinos uh, uh, was champion, and the uh, former Postago 
You can call him Aussie Ange. <laughs> we, we have trouble as well. We do, that's why we call him Aussie Ange uh, because uh-huh. yeah, Postacoglu. It, it, uh, it, yeah, it uh, doesn't rattle off a, a, an English-speaking tongue. I uh, can imagine how hard it would be from a Japanese-speaking tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as you know, in Japanese, uh, we always add vowel. Yep. Consonant and vowel. So, postagoglu. Q-desto. Q-desto-san. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, we currently see Yokohama top of the table, uh, just one point ahead of uh, Nagoya and uh, yes. three points ahead of um, Kobe. Um, yes. That's a, that's a really tough, uh, tough top of the table yeah. there. Um, yeah. Kenzo, are you familiar with the Japanese women's squad that is coming down to play in the World Cup? Yes, yes. Uh, I only know the, the, maybe the, we think, we Japanese think England and the United States yes. is uh, very high average to champion, to be a champion. Mm-hmm. And France, Germany, Spain, Sweden, Japan, Australia is almost the same level. Yep. And Japan... And, uh, can, Japan are in the same group Canada. as Spain, so they're in Group C with Spain, Costa Rica, yes. and Zambia. Mm. It's I think uh, it's easy for us to pass the qualify, uh, and mm. uh, you know uh, for the women's World Cup the, mm-hmm. the, in the group, uh, almost uh, top two, easy to go to next next, and uh, also yep. Australia. And Canada, yep. Nigeria, yes. Ireland, yep. And uh, Australia, Canada, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> to go to next. Nice Nigeria, to Ireland is uh, not so good level. Mm. And yeah. uh, all the group C and uh, Japan and Spain. Yes, you think so? America and Zambia is not so. Yep. Now, with the uh, the Japanese women's squad, they've named 24, which is unusual because most of the other nations have named a provisional squad of, of 28. But you have a, um, a, a stacked um, team. You've got um, Kumagagi, who plays uh, in defence for Bayern Munich. You've got Miniami, who plays for Roma. Uh, Shimuzu, who plays for West Ham. You've got Iwabuchi, who uh, plays for Tottenham. So it is a team that has a lot of talent, but mostly Mm -hmm. um, uh, Japanese-based players. How strong is the Japanese Mm. women's league, please? Mm. I think, uh, you know, the Fuka Nagano, Liverpool, and the Yui Hasega, Manchester City is a very good, good player. And uh, you know the we start uh, professional league last year. No, last year uh, we we call we league. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, all players are not. Uh, what did I say? Right. We don't have a tall player. No, no, no. You, and, uh, only only speed and combination. Especially uh, Yui Hasegawa is a very what did I say? Very clever yes. uh, player. And uh, I think uh, if she play well, there is a possibility. Yep, to, and, and her, uh, her linking up with Ma- Maika Hamamano, uh, that, that's going to be mm-hmm. exciting to watch. 
Yes. <laughs> Plenty of goals to be found there. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Kenzo, I mean, I'm looking at that squad, and again, most people, um, when we talk about the world game, uh, tend to mm-hmm. not um, think too much of the Asian uh, teams, South Korea and Japan, but the Japanese mm-hmm. women are previous World Cup winners and are not coming down to Australia and New Zealand to make up the numbers. Mm-hmm. They're coming down to, to win the tournament again. Do you, mm-hmm. do you like their chances? I think so. The, the, you know, the Australia and the New Zealand has a good physical, so there is a possibility to be uh, best ball. Yep. Now, with the, the manager, uh, Futoshi Ikeda, and again, pronu- mm-hmm. apologies for my pronunciation, my Japanese is nowhere near yeah. as good as your English, but... Um, She'd previously been the coach of the under-17s and the under-20s mm. and then became head coach in 2021. Is this similar mm. to what we see in England with Gareth Southgate, that a mm-hmm. manager has developed youth, so therefore they know the manager, he knows the players, they know the system, and they just all move up to become the mm-hmm. world champions that uh, the Japanese believe they can become? hmm hmm Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's been one of it's been one of the issues. Sorry, sorry, I didn't know the the Ikeda-san is not well, but uh, you know the in Tokyo Olympic game is uh, mm-hmm. woman uh, coach is uh, a woman, but uh, after that we changed the coach, and uh, I think the very uh, more tactical. Okay. The big ball. Okay. Yep. Fair hey, enough. Houston, uh, Houston, Houston. Yes. Uh, our conversation is uh, fixed. I, I mean, good uh, uh, because uh, sometimes uh, voice, your voice is cut, cut away, cut, cutting. Uh, so. Okay, that that could be the international line. Kenzo, I, we've, I, I thought that might be the case, particularly when I spoke with Zach as well. When we have international lines, we can never mm-hmm. be 100% sure of uh, the stability of those lines. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> no, no, don't. Don't mind. Yeah, Hey, sayonara. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. And good work. Thank you, Kenzo. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Kenzo Koi, the uh, former president of the Asian Confederation of Sports Table Football Associations and the organiser of the upcoming Asian Cup in Tokyo, talking about all things Japanese football. Uh, like I said, we, we are trying to make it a world football show. We've got the World Cup coming up, and I am, today's show has been trying to highlight a few of those nations. We can talk about England. We can talk about Spain. We can talk about the Matildas until the cows come home. You you know I can, that's for sure. But to be able to talk uh, to Kenzo about the Japanese um, squad, like I said, it, it is stuck full of players. Um, Hasegawa plays for, for City in the midfield and she has been tearing up the WSL. Um, Hayayashi uh, plays with uh, Mackenzie Arnold at West Ham. 
And as I say, Iwabachi and Hamamnono um, are just going to be a, a power forward duo to be to to watch out for. The Japanese, as I say, previous World Cup winners are not coming down here to have a holiday in the sun. Well, not that there's much sun today. Anyway, that's uh, that's me waffling on. We will have the lost lioness, Hayley Roach, who is going to help us out. Like I said, I thought there might have been a bit of an issue with uh, some of those international lines. It's always a... a I worry when you uh, rely on uh, microchip technology. If it works, great. If it doesn't, not so great. But that's my issue, not yours. You stay tuned to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. The Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach, will be on very, very soon. She was going to have a chat to us about the um, Europa League matches that took place just during the week. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Greatness is all around us. On pitches, fields, and playgrounds. At home and far away. It lives in the past. And it's in the faces we look up to. And in those we see every day. Greatness is all around us. It takes us beyond limitations, beyond possibility. Beyond doubt. Beyond expectations. The only question is, where will it take us next? Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.
Uh, Il Devo doing Nussum Dorna. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've just faded that down. I should have uh, faded it down, not turned it off. Joining us on the line now is the Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach. Hayley, good morning. How, good afternoon. How are you today? How are you doing? Very well, thank you. I, that was me panicking again. Uh, for those <laughs> lovely listeners out there, uh, the internet is not my fault. Uh, and when it comes to microchip <laughs> technology, I've done nothing. All right, so those that uh, are having some issues with the internet, which could have been the issue we had with Kenzo just then with it dropping out, uh, I'm going to blame atmospheric conditions and not my uh, pressing the wrong buttons in the wrong order. <laughs> Haley, big news, new boots. I know, it's a very exciting day, Hugh. Um, who doesn't love a new pair of football boots? It's actually been a while since I've treated myself to a brand new pair of football boots. In fact, I think the last pair of boots I was wearing up until a few months ago was my original Adidas Predators. Ooh. When they first came out, how many hundreds of years ago does that seem now? I mean, we're talking, oh, it must have been at least 2009, maybe no, no, earlier. Predators before that, because uh, that's Craig Johnson's invention. So you you know who I'm talking about, about Craig Johnson? Yeah. Yep. He, yes, 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 I do. He invented that while, uh, while he was still playing and uh, made a, a squillion uh, eventually when he retired by selling the idea to Adidas and Adidas, they went gangbusters. Yeah. So there's been more than a few yeah. Um, yeah, versions yeah, yeah. of the Predator boot. Predators, yeah. good for you. I was, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so anyway, um, so I was out buying a new pair of football boots. Um, absolutely loved them and I love them that much, you. I've put them on while I'm in the house. Oh, I thought you were going to say you bought three of them. <laughs> no, I was very tempted to buy a different different set of, uh, you know, I love football boots. 
And um, but I was like, no, you only need one pair. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no so, that, 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 that's not true at all. Come on, Haley, you, you know that's not right. When I when I was refereeing, people would uh, actually giggle to me because I'd, I'd get into the referee's change room and I'd have three yeah. pairs of boots. I'd have the um, the, the hard surface like dimple sold. I'd have the yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have the the, the studs. And I'd have, so, uh, I'd have the screw in studs. So whatever yeah, the pitch was, so, I had boots for that pitch. And people go, yeah, yeah, you yeah, need no, one pitch. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about you. At what point in the you know evolution of football boots did screw in studs disappear? They haven't. Oh no, I, I, I kept, well, I kept I, using screw in studs. I tell you what, I've uh, been doing a bit of research on the boots in uh, in for the last couple of weeks, okay. and I haven't been able to find a pair of screwing studs that fit me in my size ah. that are right. That you can get men's yeah. massive sizes yes, that's right. with screwing studs, but all like the smaller sizes or the women's, uh, the ones that are in, you know, the regular market for us, you know, humans to purchase, <laughs> are, uh, they're, they're like the mold, like the, the molded. Um, <sighs> I love an old fashioned pair of, I mean, I can remember the days you get home from a football match, you, you know, you, you unscrew the studs, you clean your boots, you put your dobbing on them. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, and you were already fit for the next week. I really miss that. Yeah, yeah. I really miss that old-fashioned, you know, metal studs. I could literally, genuinely, um, I mean, if they still exist, great, but they didn't exist in the shops I went to, the online stores I've looked at. And all the rest of it. Oh, I mean, that... I'm in love with my football boots I bought, don't get me wrong. But that... I love an old-fashioned pair of uh, football boots. That's crazy. I've still because... got my Umbro boots. Yeah, from... yeah. So Umbro used to sponsor the England team. And when I worked for the FA in mm-hmm. England uh, a long, long time ago, in fact, I think it was 2005 when I worked on the uh, the women's UEFA champions in 2005 in England. Right. Um, I think I got a pair of Umbro boots then because umbro uh provided the england kit they did for and a long, I, long time and yeah yeah absolutely and so i think in my storage unit somewhere uh, i think it's my storage unit in the gold coast right now um is my original umbro boots with my original screw in metal studs but i think i hugh i feel they're they're becoming a thing of the past and they're going to only exist yep. in museums this is that time yep i'll, I'll give you my uh Football boot story. The first ever pair of boots that uh, my mum bought me, and uh, we, yeah, we 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 did it tough. I, I won't go too far yep. into, into the social economics of how tough we did mm-hmm. it. But uh, there was a, a superstar uh, forward uh, in our team, and um, his parents uh, thought he was well, well. Let's put it he, the next Kevin Keegan to, to, to give you an idea of of what era I grew up in, and they <laughs> they believed that buying him new boots on a regular basis would make him a better player. Fair enough, I, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can't argue that. But can't argue with that. But he had a pair of boots that you know there was nothing wrong with me except that his parents had bought him new boots, and um, yeah, my uh, <laughs> my boots blew out as they uh, they tended yep. to do. And he uh, he spoke to his dad. He was on the sideline uh, one training night, and he said, "Well, you know." Dad says you can buy my old boots. And I went, oh, okay, yep, no worries. Like, you know, no worries. The old boots were goalers. And I couldn't believe goalers. it. Be- <laughs> because back then I was reading the Roy of the Rovers and yep. and Roy had just signed a sponsorship deal with Gola. And yep. I've got the badge that says Roy of the Rovers wears Gola boots. 
Uh, and I thought I was Roy the Rovers. The fact I couldn't turn uh, <laughs> to save my life was uh, was irrelevant. You know, if you look the part, you are the part. <laughs> you know, it is very much about that, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how much I love these new boots that I've, I can't wear. I can't wait to get it. I might even uh, go for a run on the football field later, just take my ball out and... Um, well, you know, you uh, have to, you gotta, you gotta break them in. you, you got to yeah. break them in. Well, that's I'm wearing I've seen more than a few now. players... Um, Again, refereeing, and they're just hobbling around. You think, I don't remember him getting a kick, like, like as in being kicked. Yeah. Uh, and you think, mate, what, what's going on, mate? Like, you're hobbling. Did, what, what did I miss? And he goes, new boots, got a big blister. I went, did you not wear them in? I said, come <laughs> on, mate. Did you not wear them in? He goes, nah, I nah, bought, bought them during the week and put them straight on. I said, oh, you silly yeah. bugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who you got? Yeah, what yeah. an error. Yeah. Oh, yeah, rookie error. Come on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know what? I'm that excited about my football boots. I might actually take a picture and post it on the uh, Facebook site later on. We well, can't. The, the internet's down. <laughs> <laughs> How is anybody listening to us? Right, well, because uh, in, there's still transistors out there. You know? Again, having spoken to Kenzo, the Japanese, apparently it was yeah. an Australian invention, but the Japanese made uh, transistor radios um, popular and uh, and portable. So yeah, we're still doing it by the old, the old way. So again, apologies Excellent. to those that are listening online because you're not. Because they're not. <laughs> yeah, let's not, talk, <laughs> let's not talk to those people around the world yeah. via the internet at the moment. Let's talk to those people who are going the old school with their transistor radio. Exactly which right. I also love a radio. Yeah. To say, and we also love a bit of a tuner. Exactly, and, and, and those of you, if, if you miss it, we, we are a, um, a podcast on Spotify, and yeah, you can always get us on the restream at Radio Fremantle. So, yeah, any part okay, of Okay, Hugh, do you, think, uh, do you think our trip down memory lane of, um, you know, reminiscing about uh, old school football boots and transistor radios, should we talk about what we're actually here to talk about? What do you reckon? We can. Uh, England have released their, uh, their World Cup squad. Do you want to have a chat about that? Yep. Go for it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So there were a number of teams that are, you know, and as we've said, as we get nearer the tournament, um, the the uh, squads, uh, the announcements will start to, to yes. happen. have to say, I, um, as you know, I know I often talk about Team USA, but why do they have to super trump? Absolutely everything anybody does. So, you know, every like... All these nations are announcing their squads and, like, they're doing something funky on Instagram or whatever. No, Team USA, they get the president and Taylor Swift to announce the squad. I mean, like, are they just... (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, if Taylor Swift was English, we'd probably do the same. Exactly right. Hey, Taylor, can you just announce the... uh, (laughs) We have had uh, Prince William announce occasionally so i think we're doing our we're doing the, we're doing our bit but yeah um if you haven't seen it already find it on the socials uh team usa announcing their squad yeah. i mean i mean what an amazing squad i am as much as uh i find them very arrogant and we know we said that their statistics back up their arrogancy and they've yeah. every right to well, do that we spoke, they, uh, they've got some quality in We spoke with Zach. There's going to be upwards of five players in that squad that are looking to win the World Cup for the third time. And that, uh, as I yeah. said, uh, and Zach uh, highlighted, that means they joined the likes of, mm, let me have a think, one other person who has ever done that, and that's Pele. Yeah. So, and as yeah. Zach said, if you're in the same sentence you, as Pele, <laughs> how, 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 so they, yeah. they've got the swagger to back up the they, chat. Absolutely, they have. Um you know, so I am looking forward to Team USA 
coming coming here and uh, and and seeing what they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, so go out and check it check it out if you can. Mm. Their, their squad announcement pretty amazing, um, and of course they've had, they just have to do everything as it appears bigger and better than everybody else. Yep. But yeah, great names, great players in that. So. Uh, they announced their squad uh, this week. Uh, Japan, I think, and Spain. I think they were the other two. Yep, yep. We spoke, we spoke with Kenzo about the uh, Japanese squad. So that, that is absolutely chock-a-block full of uh, WSL uh, superstars and uh, and the Japanese league. Uh, other big news is that, and we had um, one of the terrestrial channels claim that they were going to be the, uh, the, the, the only broadcaster of the games, but Optus have come on. Yeah as uh, official supporter and official broadcaster, which means that every game will be available to be seen on the Optus channel. So that's great news. It is. Uh, and making, you know, it's just getting football, isn't it, into every single household yep. um, in Australia. And once this tournament gets around here, it will be buzzing. The country will absolutely be buzzing it. You will. There will be no escaping it, which is not a bad thing. Um so, you know, let's embrace it. Let's get ready because everything, all the adverts, all the social media, the the, the whole country will just be immersed in this amazing football tournament. And I feel like it's coming quite late. I feel like the hype is coming a bit later yeah. when I've been, uh, you know, overseas or in different countries ahead of these, these events. Um you know, domestically, the uh, the advertisements, the hype and the, yep. the stadium uh, city dressing all seems to um, have been a bit earlier than what we're experiencing in here. Yep. But, but, you know, without question, when it hits, it's going to hit big. And we're still got, and the tournament's here for a whole month. So, That's right. Um, you know, so we're not going to peak too soon. Uh, when it gets here, it gets here, and, uh, and that will be the, the right time. So... Um, okay, so the other thing, um, Hugh, that I was just taking a look at this week was the Matildas squad. Yep. Um, I, I mean, forgive me if you guys have already touched on that on the Not show yet. this week. I was out shopping for my boots, you know, Hugh. So, no, no, no. Um, we were going to save that one for, for, for next week because, uh, yeah, the okay. Matilda squad, we, we are running short of time. I really do. I'm, I'm, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like, uh, I was under what? the pump to, to get a guess because of uh, a few uh, technical issues with, uh, with internet well, technology. Well, let's save the Matilda's debate then for next week. Oh, yeah. Let's have that discussion for next time. Yep, because Len is here and uh, he's got that look of get out of that chair. No, he hasn't. He's, he's giggling at me. Uh, so Len is here with Bags Groove. He's going to be taking over from 12 o'clock. Hayley, I really do appreciate you taking the time at, uh, at short notice to answer my phone call and bail me out because, yeah. And You're... and a football boot story is always worth talking about. Absolutely. Anytime, Hugh. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend, everybody. You bet. Thank you, Hayley. Oh, my goodness. What a superstar she is. She has saved my bacon once again. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry about the internet issues. There's nothing I can do at this end. Um, we are here thanks to partners Futsal WA, Perth's premier futsal competition, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing, gates and automation. Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all related hardware and automation packages for your DIY project. We'll be back again next week. As I say, Len is in the studio waiting to take over with Bags Groove. This is Huey signing off. Bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for the World.